WUKY presents health news you can use. It's Dr. Greg Davis on medicine. For decades, researchers have been concerned about disappointing gains in American population health. My guest today is going to talk about how our American culture can have an impact, both negative and positive, on our public health. I recently spoke with Dr. Frederick Zimmerman, Professor of Health Policy and Management at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health, about an article he and others wrote recently called Population Health in America, Is Culture Stopping Us Dead in Our Tracks? Fred, thank you so much for chatting with me today. My wife recently sent me an article from almost a year ago in Health Affairs Forefront um, that you and some co-authors wrote called Population Health in America, Is Culture Stopping Us Dead in Our Tracks? Can you tell me a little bit about what? how do we define culture in the United States and um, how is it potentially an impediment to our public health? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg, and, and thanks for engaging this topic. I think it's a really important one. You know, culture can seem like it's kind of a vague concept, but, um, you know, it's actually been formally defined in a couple of ways. So, you know, we think about culture, or American culture, as being cultural practices, you know, the 4th of July, Friday night football, things like that. But, you know, there are broader cultural attributes that we as Americans share. And the U.S. State Department has tried to come to terms with what those are as a way of explaining American culture to people overseas. And they've come up with a list of 11 cultural values that we share in America that are not necessarily different from those of other countries in all cases, but certainly mark us as Americans. And they've went to some effort to try to identify what these really are. And they came up with this list that includes independence, equality, individualism, democracy, nationalism, meritocracy, directness, innovation, consumerism, informality, and the efficient use of time. So I love that, that efficient use of time is an American cultural trait. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, but these things I think are interesting. Now, if you look at other countries, they would share some of these. Uh, equality, for example, independence, democracy. Many, many other countries would share those. But some of those are more uniquely American, like consumerism, for example. Uh, and that's, I think, a really interesting one. Now, coincidentally, the Danish government has done something similar. And they've come up with a list of Danish attributes. And they share some things, as I say, democracy, equality, independence. But they don't have consumerism on their list. Instead, they have things like social trust and ethic of volunteerism. And we don't have those attributes on our list. And I think it's fair to say that, especially in this moment, uh, social trust, trust of each other, is not something that would characterize American cultural values. Uh, but consumerism, I think, probably is right. And I think this is where we start to get into trouble. So you ask, you know, what is it that American culture, or how is it that American culture is potentially getting in the way of health in this country? I think the ethic of consumerism is uh, kind of standing in our way a little bit. And that happens in several different ways. You know, we, we think of ourselves as consumers when we go to the doctor. Uh, and that's very different, I think, than having a relationship with a physician in which uh, we're, we're both oriented on trying to stay healthy and doing what's best for the, the health uh, of the population and of individual patients. Um, 
The consumer's ethic can be seen in the fact that we allow direct-to-consumer advertising in the United States of uh, hospital services, physician services, medical procedures, drugs. In most of our peer countries, for example, in Europe, that's not allowed. You're not allowed to advertise. And that's one of the concrete ways in which you see this consumerist ethic infuse healthcare in the United States. And some of the things that are advertised are, of course, good or useful to know about, but some of them are advertising for the sake of getting people to buy stuff that they really don't need. That's one example. Another example is um, the supremacy of um, specialty care over uh, primary care. Now, there's been a ton of work that shows that primary care in the United States is undervalued and it's uh, underutilized in the sense that there are many people who have historically lacked access to primary care. Uh, That would actually do them good. That would um, prevent a lot of health problems from arising. And instead, compared especially to patients, we rely too much on specialty care. We compensate our specialty physicians far more generously than we than uh, is the case in other countries. Um, and by the way, that's not the case for primary care physicians. Primary care physicians actually don't make much more when you adjust for the size of the economy in the United States than they do anywhere else in the world. But specialty cares earn about specialty physicians earn about twice as much. Um, and so there again, you see the effect of consumerism. You know, consuming more. We have extremely high health expenditures in our country. So there are many ways in which uh, this culture of consumerism has infected U.S. medical care delivery, both on the consumer side and on the provider side. And uh, it's really getting in our way, both of health of the population, but also of an effective and efficient medical care delivery system. Well, you know, Fred, you mentioned, you know, going to the physician as a consumer. That. I'm a physician of a certain generation that has always rankled me as a former English major. I've always believed that words are important, and I think we can probably all agree on that. When I go to see my primary care doctor, who's one of my former students whom I think very highly of, I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be her patient. I want to have that personal relationship with her and not just a transactional one. Yes, and I think you're exactly right that that's the distinction uh, that occurs uh, uh, between the United States and, and similar countries in, in Europe, for example, or Australia or Japan. And you're exactly right that we've got kind of a transactional view of medical care. I think a lot of patients have the idea that, well, they're paying the, the doctor and they, the doctor ought to do what, what they say. Um, and I think that gets in the way of quality care. Earlier in my career, I studied... Um, the prescribing of antibiotics for acute otitis media for earaches in, in children. And, uh, you know, it, this is something that's not typically indicated. In other words, it's, it's not the best uh, therapy, especially when a kid just comes in with an earache. You don't just automatically pre- prescribe antibiotics. But a lot of parents do have this attitude that, you know, their kid is sick, they want the doctor to do something about it, and they had better prescribe this drug that they think is going to help. A lot of earaches, as you probably know, Greg, are caused by viral infections that aren't going to benefit from an antibiotic. Right. And so, you know, the poor physician is there in a the position of having to say, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, I can prescribe you this drug, but it's not actually going to do any good. And not all of the parents, many, of course, do understand, and they, they follow what the doctor says, but, but too many of them insist on getting, uh, getting a drug, even if it's one that's not really going to work. Well, I know that problem became so bad in my original home state of Tennessee that 
the Tennessee Department of Public Health put up billboards along the interstate highways saying, do not ask your doctor for antibiotics for precisely that reason. Right, and that's uh, that's very, I didn't know about that story, but that's a good one. You know, that kind of shows that um, uh, we're fighting consumerism with consumerism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, yeah. now we've got to have billboards about uh, appropriate care. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I think that really speaks to the transactional nature of American medical care as, as opposed to sort of a, a more of a caring relationship. Well, I, I think, too, um, of course, this is a red-hot issue always in our nation, but that whole concept of individualism I don't think was ever meant to mean that we're also not part of a society. And, and I think back to the height of the pandemic, when um, masking regulations were in place, and I had a an angry individual out in public one time ask me, "Why are you wearing that mask?" And my knee jerk reflex reply was, "I'm doing it for you, buddy. <laughs> Not just for me. I'm doing it for you and for everyone right. around me." Yes, and I think that's exactly right. And you know, you're highlighting another one of those American values, which is you know independence, individualism. And look, I mean, that's great in a lot of ways. Uh, but there are times when I think it goes too far. And again, you know, it's, the Danes have a very similar ethic of, of freedom, which they value very highly. But coupled with that is a spirit of, hey, we are all in this together. So we're going to have to, on some occasions, um, change what we understand freedom to mean so that we can all benefit. Absolutely. Well, Fred, before we part, is there anything else you would want our listeners to know about this type of work and looking at the intersection of culture and our public health? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we have to return to a sense of compassion for each other. And I think it's disappointing that on the American list of cultural values, we don't have something like collaboration, cooperation, a sense of the greater good, a sense of community. Uh, we've really lost that in this country. We've got several on our list that have to do with you know, freedom, independence, meritocracy, consumerism. These are all individual values, and that's great up to a point. But I think it's gone too far in our country, and I think we've got to find a way to sort of come together and work together for the common good. That's going to create a healthier society, and it's going to create healthier individuals down the road. My thanks today to Dr. Frederick Zimmerman, Professor of Health Policy and Management at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health, for talking with us about the intersection of our American culture and public health. For more information, visit our website at wuky.org. With health news you can use, I'm Dr. Greg Davis on medicine. Dr. Greg Davis is a forensic pathologist and professor emeritus at the University of Kentucky who volunteers his time covering important medical news for our community. This program is available as a podcast at wuky.org.